And we're live. Welcome to Don't Be Coy. I'm your host, Uncle Lou. And today I have the honor, pleasure, and the utmost appreciation to have with me today, Miss Larikia Brown. Larikia, thank you for being on the show. How are you doing this morning? I'm well. You're welcome anytime. I told you, anytime. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, any highlights from this previous week? I wasn't late every day, just a few days. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally understand that. You have a you have a busy life, especially with being like, what is this? Your is this your first or your second year in dental school? Second year. Exactly. So you know you're a busy person getting into the grooves and all that kind of stuff. Well. I want to thank you once again for agreeing to be on the show, um, just to give like a, a high level overview for the guests. Um, can you tell a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I'm Larika Brand. I am a second year dental student. I just recently moved to Nashville, so I'll tell you where I go to school. Um, I'm from Clinton, Mississippi. I went to Tulu undergrad. That's where we met. Anything else? I'm a dog mom. I like being at my house. I think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that sounds really great. And so I I really appreciate that. And just to give you just a, some context of what we'll be doing over the next couple of minutes. As you know, this is season two of Don't Be Coy, focusing in on moments of transformation. So what I'm going to do is just ask you a series of questions and what we're going to do is take those same questions and walk through your past, present and future and how you just navigated those uh, moments of transformation. So if you're ready, we can go ahead and get started. Let's go. So what's your favorite song to start your day with or your theme song, if you will? Right now in this current space, probably the question by Mac Miller, because what is life and what the hell is going on? Mm. Because right now, I don't know what's going on. I'm just here. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit more. What you mean you don't know who you are? Because, like, you just said, like, you're a second-year dental student. And I mean, like, that was, that in itself was just a, a great accomplishment in itself, right? I know that this has been something that you've been um, desiring for some years. And, like, now you're embarking on that journey in the midst of it. So, like, I'm, I'm curious around, like, how you at this moment like you have this this question if you will because i don't think that it's uh that uncommon i'm 30 right <laughs> <laughs> and going back to school at 30 after you've worked in corporate america you question a lot of things like you should i have really <laughs> why did i pray for these some of the uh like even professors dealing with them and having to realize I can't say what I want to say because even though I feel very grown and we're talking to each other, they still look at everybody as if they're 22, 23. Mm -hmm. And so the the foolishness that they're pulling with them, you know, they, they let it ride because they don't know anything different. They just love undergrad. But for me, I'm just like, are you you serious right now? Mm -hmm. And I have to, like, bring it back and, well, okay, yeah, Larry, you just, you're in school. You're a student. You just deal with it. And so the questioning of, am I really here? Am I really doing this? Is this really what I want? I literally have to ask myself every day, are you really going to practice? <laughs> like, are you, are you sure this is what, what you want to do? 
And a lot of days, my D1 year, I literally had to have several conversations with God and was like, I know exactly why you kept this from me because why am I here now? <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of days. It's very stressful. I think the, the hardest part, having worked and then go back to school, is no money. Mm. So... Um, I was 23 making six figures. So I haven't <laughs> um, seen my account look the way my account looks in a very long time. Like, I think I have more money in undergrad than I have now a lot of days. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, what is this? And I'm 30, though. So people see me as a 30-year-old woman who should be, you know, more successful than I currently am because I've elected to go back to school. Mm-hmm. So it's just a lot of, um, I mean, of course, imposter syndrome of can I really finish this or is this really? But then also I have like this mirror moment where I'm looking around at myself like you're supposed to be here. So it's the comparisons, which, of course, we shouldn't do. We all know we shouldn't do it, even though we probably still do it. Yeah. Um, of where I am in life. And so, yeah, it's just still trying to figure out what's going on and i've decided i don't care we just gonna take it day by day because <laughs> uh yeah yeah so i think that that's very interesting perspective right so like um as you mentioned earlier you after undergrad you started your career and like you were successful into that career and now you've made that pivot towards like um your education and like towards getting uh becoming a dentist essentially and so like I'm curious, like, what motivated that transition? So I'm very fortunate. Um, I won't even deny. I tell everybody I'm God's favorite. Um, and it's not up for debate. You just have to take it. Um, and so I didn't get into dental school fresh out of undergrad. I took a job working at a high school. And the counselor really pissed me off because when I started there and I was like, yeah, I'm going to study for the DAT while I work here. So my plan is to go to dental school. And she said, sure. That's what they all say. Do you know how bad that annoyed me? And I really mm. did not like that lady the entire time I was there. And every time she had to come to me for something, I just was like, I don't want to do anything with you. <laughs> I still remember my first day. This is what you said to me. So in the back of my mind, it was like, no, nah, you got to prove somebody wrong. But, but um, I was only at this high school for nine months. I, I did not like it. And mainly it was, it was just such a difference because that school is literally less than 10 minutes away from where I stay. And, and the quality of education they were receiving versus what I received was like, oh my God, like literally night and day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up getting an offer to go to the pipeline as a sub. I worked in the office. It was a subcontractor for a pipeline company, and I was doing payroll. My degrees are in science. Don't, so this is why I say I'm God's favorite, because to get a job not in your field of study, <laughs> um, that's not even usually something that's listed or posted anywhere. It's all in who you know. Um, the family that I was tutoring for, her husband worked out there, and he offered me that job. And I'm taking home 2500 a week. This is not my fellow study. I have a chemistry degree. My mm-hmm. mom's an accountant, but I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> I called my cousin. He's a CPA. And I'm like, so what is what does this mean? What is this? And I was out there for what, three years. So, but it's, it was never something I wanted to do. 
and it didn't it didn't have any job security. So when the job was over, we you laid off until you got a call back. And so um, the last time, I actually that was 2018. And so I was all right. Well, I had a five year plan. I was waiting on the last job, which is supposed to be a two year job. That job had still like they're still in negotiations. I don't think it's gonna happen. It's just too dangerous. But that was supposed to be my final job, and I was my plan was to prepare for dental school while on that job, and I would have had enough money set aside that I would I wouldn't be in the financial situation I'm in now. But I never got called back to that job. Yeah. Um. So I ended up I was sitting at home enjoying myself for like <laughs> I think because I laid off in December. I don't think I found work when I made it back home until October. So I was just out here. And then, <laughs> That's almost a year. Right. <laughs> That's a nice little vacation, not going to lie. But see, I had money. So, it right. you know, I wasn't even stressing. And then I ended up getting a job at the state health department, which I, my aunt, um, my aunt helped me get that job. It was the first time I was actually using my degree, and I was like, "Oh, okay, this whole thing. <laughs> Let's see." <laughs> I wasn't there very long because I left there in May, I think May or March, and went to another lab. And then, of course, COVID hit. So when COVID hit, I laid off at that lab. They uh, sent us all home. No, they sent us home before COVID. They sent us home in January. They were downsizing, and then they brought us back when COVID hit, because I actually ran COVID tests for like six months, but they were moving the lab to a different state. Mm-hmm. So, but I didn't have, I didn't owe anybody. Cars paid for, student loans covered. My mom lost her job during that time and she didn't miss a beat. Um, So I was very grateful for that job, but it was never a career. It was just a job. Even though I was making career money, it was still a job. So the goal was always to return to dental school. I just didn't know what it would look like going back to dental school at 30. <laughs> yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I I, I kind of want to um, pick on that just a little bit more because it's like at the beginning of this kind of uh, conversation and what sparked this initial question was um, when I asked you that favorite song of the question. And it's just like, as you said, like, um, who am I really? And so like, I, I'm curious, like, as you were going down that path, as far as your navigation over like your twenties, as far as getting into a role at that school, which, you know, you didn't like in the first place, but it's just through that networking, you were able to find out about that payroll job, get some really good experience working in payroll and like understanding like the corporate America side of things. And then like, um, for whatever, you know, reason as far as like with the, the last contract, being able to come back home and kind of get back into that recentering of saying, you know, I really want to go into dental school. And like, we, we couldn't have guessed what the next couple of years are going to look like when it came to that whole pandemic thing. So, you know, I'm sure there was a lot of reflection in that time. And so I'm curious around like what that moment was for you that um, made you realize that like there's a difference between just having a job and then like pursuing like a career and like um, I I wonder what that moment was like for you to go back for you to make the decision to go back to um, school in your 30s. 
so that moment happened at both jobs. And that's when I realized I wasn't a job girl. <laughs> yeah. At the school, the principal was actually a church member slash family friend slash cousin. But i never forget one day she asked me to do something and I did it. And that's when I realized she was one of those people that they're going to say, order this one, three, two, nine, eight. And you're like, that's not, that doesn't make sense. Why am <laughs> yeah. I doing it this way? When you really know that they mean put it in numerical order. And so the first time that I did it as the way I thought she really needed me to do it, she like went off, like lost it. And I was like, okay. And I went back and did it the way she wanted it. So then what I started doing with her, and that still wasn't right. And she had me to take it back to the way I did it originally. But and I was just like, well, I already brought it to you like this. And that's when I realized, oh, she's one of those people that it won't work if it's not her idea. Mm. So anytime she would ask me to do stuff going forward, I would just do it two ways, right? I would do it the way that I that makes most sense in my head for what she's explaining and then the way she acts. And when I bring it to her the way that she acts, she was like, well, no, not like this, but this is what I asked you to do, huh? And I was like, yes. And she was like, well, okay, well, let's see what we do. And then I just will pull out the other one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is what you really wanted. This is perfect. This is it. Okay. I didn't like that. Um, I just didn't really like having someone else. And then I don't like, I don't, I wouldn't say I don't like authority. I do have issues with authority, but it's the way you talk to people mm-hmm. and being in the position that I was in, I often was the person who I got all the BS thrown at me. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> this is uncalled for. We don't have to talk like this. And so then transitioning to the pipeline, it was the same thing. Um, I had a boss who continually reminded me that he helped me get that job. Mm. And I used to say things like, okay, so, you know, what's the rate? What what do you need? (laughs) Because, I mean, we all know how I got out here. Am I going to have to hear that every day? Yeah. Every day. Like, every day. (laughs) Like, every day. I had to be reminded that, you know, you wouldn't even be out here if it wasn't for me. I'm aware. So um, how do we move forward? You want me to give you some of my check? Like, what do you want from me? Because I did ultimately find out what he wanted from me, which is a hell no for me. Um, yeah. And I'll <laughs> let you go into whatever you think that is. Um, but, yeah. So after that, me and Matt got into a really, really big argument. Um, It was only... On the last job I was on, there were 1,200 people on that job, and less than 100 of them were black, and probably less than nine were black women. Mm-hmm. There were two black women in the office. On that job, we had to do 12 hours was was the minimum, so we, we worked from six to six. But because we were salary, you stay until the job's done. Right. Um, any other job, because I've been on other jobs without him, they definitely would have said, okay, it's a hard stop at eight. And he didn't believe in it. So mm. he has a, a personality that a lot of people did not like. So they made life harder for him because he was very, very arrogant. And they intentionally didn't give the things that he needed. We didn't have internet that worked. We were all hotspotting our phones. Then like the, I remember it took like 10 minutes to print like a four-page document. So it was 
we're in the middle of nowhere in West Virginia. So a, a lot of issues were caused by him, but, you know, ultimately fell on the staff who was there doing all the work because he would leave. He could leave. But I was still there. I never get there were days that I was staying to 4 a.m. and I had to be back at 6 a.m. I walked in at 6.30 and he is livid because I'm 30 minutes late. Mind you, I left at 4 a.m. I text him when I left. So you're like, okay, you know what time I'm leaving. We have to be at work at 6, but nothing in my job title requires me to be there before 7. Like that 7 o'clock is the latest because that's when other people are there and I actually have to start doing payroll things. So I'm like, as long as I get there before all that starts, that should be good. That was not good enough for him. If I walked in at 6.05, he would say 6.05. Mind you, I'm salary, not hourly. And most of my job could be done remotely. I mean, now a lot of it's done remotely because it could have been then. And just the constant someone on top of like everything, the micromanaging and nitpicking, that wasn't for me. Uh And then there was no job security. And I was all right, you have to be in control of your own future. And one of the things I remember saying to them, which is, I guess, me having an arrogant moment, I was just like, the difference between me and you, I don't have to be out here. On my job, there was only one person who had as many, well, had more degrees. We had a lawyer. Everybody else was mostly high school education or just a bachelor's. And at the time, I had two degrees. And so, like, when he would get um, into one of his moments, which was usually alcohol, (laughs) Um, endorsed or sponsored he would go and get like drunk at 4 o'clock and would come back in a rage and you know he didn't bother it was a white guy that worked with us he didn't bother him because he was the president of the company's son's best friend so he never said anything to him but I got all of it I caught every bit of whatever he had going on Mm -hmm. and I I couldn't do that anymore like we got into a very very bad argument like Maybe like a week before I was supposed to leave. And so I was like, yeah, this this is it for me. Because I've shown loyalty. I've been here to the crack of dawn. And then the week before I was supposed to leave, they gave out bonus checks. So, we, you know, everybody's looking for the bonus check. We've done a hell of a job out here, given all of the BS they were throwing at us. So I just know I'm getting at least, at least 15000 right? Mm-hmm. Mainly because I'm in the payroll system and I can see what everybody else has received. And I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I did more work than this person, this person, <laughs> this person. I saved the company this money. This like, I know I'm getting a pretty solid bonus check. Well, I didn't get one. At all. Mm-hmm. The guy who I worked, who I basically saved every day because he screwed up everything. He received a $68,000 bonus check, and I didn't receive one red cent. And on that day, I politely went and got my little FedEx box for my laptop and shipped it back to corporate office because y'all not going to play in my face. Yeah. <laughs> not anything. And I was the one staying to four. That guy left at 730. I'm the one that stayed and corrected whatever he messed up. I mean, you give him 68000 or 58000 It was some crazy number. And so I remember um, one of the guys came in and was like, well, how much did you get? And I was like, I didn't get anything. And so then all the people in the room were like, what? Wait, you didn't get anything? And I was like, no, nah, so I'm trying to figure out it's because I'm black or it's because I'm 
black and a woman. And when I made that comment, the lawyer immediately walked into his office and closed the door. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I left that same day. That was my last day on a job. I was still in the city because my apartment lease wasn't up yet. By the time I drove home, I get a phone call to check my bank account. They gave me an extra week of pay. So still not, you know, comparable to what I deserve, but that was to keep me from suing. I know exactly what that was. Then I can't say, well, she can't sue us for, you know, discrimination. But I knew then, okay, if I go back out here, do what you need to do and get on down. You need to formulate a plan right now. And so fortunately, that job, it was a job in Virginia into North Carolina. I know it's in Virginia because that's I was going to be in Virginia because I had already found an apartment. Mm-hmm. And they still have not uh, approved that job. So that's when I knew you have to be your own boss because I can't directly do someone over me. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally understand that. So, like, let me ask you this question then. So, like. How do you feel your passion or your career interest of going into dentistry is like helping you towards becoming your own boss then? Well, I know that I'm in control. So if I own my own practice course, I'm in control. But I've actually decided I really like public health, which I think that comes from Jackson Heart Study. And I'm maxed out. So getting my dental degree, I would have topped a field, right? Yeah. Um, and so you, once you get to that point, there's, I assume, I don't even know yet. I feel like there's an extra level of respect that comes there um, because I can. I don't have to. At the end of the day, I can set my own details. Now, I know people who go and they still work at dental offices and they still have a boss and things of that nature. But ultimately, I can open my own practice. I can make all the, these decisions that I want to make for myself. Yeah, it's the autonomy. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't. <laughs> I mean, I might very well end up in a place where I have a boss, but there will at least be the respect of this is a dentist and she doesn't have to be here. <laughs> she can very well open her own practice. So I probably shouldn't talk to her out the side of my neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense to me. So it sounds like from our initial conversation of like the song that you kind of start your day to the question, you kind of repeatedly asked yourself the question, this question every single day. And I appreciate how, you know, you have these kind of experiences that uh, remind you of, hey, you know, yeah, I was making this kind of money. I had uh, opportunity to have these kind of experiences, but I didn't have that that respect or that autonomy of, you know, what I'm kind of looking for when I I think of just an independent lifestyle. And like, it's interesting when you pursue like a career, it's just, you know, even how kind of how you were saying earlier, you you're 30 years old and you have to, you're listening to instructors who are kind of speaking to their general population, which is like in their early twenties, you know, you have to remind yourself of despite these things, it's still getting you towards that kind of autonomy and like that kind of independence that you're looking for that brings within a career. Mm-hmm. I mean, I never lost sight of my initial goal. And I think even when life throws the craziest curveballs to always, you know, I knew what, what it is I wanted to be. I said I wanted to be a dentist in the ninth grade. 
Um, and that was a goal that I wanted to see for myself. So even when I didn't get into school and I took a job as a as a tutor, I wasn't a teacher, but I had 150 students. So I think at that point I was teaching. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I, I couldn't see how I'm tutoring with 150 students over four periods. But still, that was that's not what I would call tutoring. Even with that, I'm like, am I ever going to get back? And I just knew that, that was always my goal. So the thing I would always do was, like, keep studying. And, you know, constant reminders. And I would always tell my mom, okay, I know this is not what I said I was going to do, but, you know, it's going to make sense <laughs> eventually. Yeah. So never fully get off track or at least remember what the goal is. So even with if my goal is to maintain keto for weight loss, even if I go up today because I ate, Logan's last night and I wasn't supposed to eat the rolls, but oh, I asked them not to include them and they did. So I felt like they thought I should have one. Um, <laughs> probably not all four of them, but <laughs> who's yeah. counting? Yeah. But today I'm not going to go and eat a bunch of you know, junk. I'm going to go back to you know, a salad, broccoli and lean meat because mm-hmm. I got to stick to my goals. <laughs> Definitely going to deviate because I don't think anything in life is linear. Absolutely nothing. But age. I think that that's the thing that can be challenging at times, right? We set our sights on like one goal when we're particularly younger, right? But the older mm-hmm. that we get, like the the more goals that we have. So I'm curious, like, if you don't mind sharing those um, various different um, priorities that you've identified to be important for you. Um, presently. Okay, so first thing, when setting goals, I I wouldn't be able to set goals too far off scale. Like I was joking with one of my friends, and I was like, last semester, things were getting crazy, and I was like, y'all know I've already accomplished my goal. And they're all looking at me like, huh? I said, listen, I just wanted to get into school. I got in, so you know, I didn't say I was gonna finish. And they're like, what? Wait. <laughs> I was like, okay, now I've, of course I've made a new goal of finishing, but. The initial goal was to get in. Yeah. Um, so you have like many goals along the way. Like, okay, yeah, still making progress. Because <laughs> other than that, you'd quit. Um, <laughs> and it all boils back down to the fact that I'm lazy. <laughs> um, so I'm going to... No, seriously. When I say I'm lazy, I, I shouldn't say that. Probably I'm looking for the most productive solution. <laughs> yeah. what lazy means. So on a job... And this is why one my boss actually told me this. we've had conversations since I left. Um, he said, well, I only handed you the hardest assignments because I know you didn't want to do it. And I knew you would find the shortcuts. Yeah. Yeah. But then once I found the shortcuts, you took them from me. <laughs> so <laughs> once I figured out what I was going to do for my work day, you, you gave me some somebody else's mess to clean up. Yeah. Um, repeatedly. It, I hated it because every time I would figure out, okay, we just do this, do this and this works. He would just give me somebody else's mess once I simplified it. So, yeah, I, I enjoy a simplified life. What can I do to be most productive at this time? Yeah, no, that <laughs> that that makes a lot of sense to me. And I guess like that's a really great pivot into like this next question. So, like, as you're saying, like, carve out little small niches for like little small wins. Like, what is what are those wins like aiming towards? So, like. The question is, um, where's a place that you would like to visit um, within the next year? Outside. 
have not been outside. Okay, so when it comes to the pandemic, I'm terrified. And and I say this because I actually tested for COVID. I was in the lab looking at COVID samples every day. And this is before we knew we needed N95s. We were just wearing surgical masks. I was still putting on two, and I always double glove anyway, so that wasn't a thing. But, you know, when it first happened... People were dying. People are still dying. Nobody's talking about it like they were, but like I'm not playing with it. Yeah, especially something I I know is preventable. It's one thing we were like, you know what? Everybody's gonna get it. You just have to accept that reality. But that's not true. <laughs> so I feel like I'm gonna avoid it, and that's why I like I I say I hate Nashville. I really don't hate Nashville. I just don't. It's just not home. It's not familiar. But then I also recognize I haven't given Nashville a chance because I don't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, I literally don't go anywhere. My classmates have events, but every time they go to an event, somebody come back with COVID. And I'm like, I'm good. I don't want to. I haven't figured. I've been out a total of five times. And each time I've been out, only one of those times I felt like was worth it. If I had got COVID, you know what? That was worth it. I would (laughs) have been okay. I wouldn't have been okay. Yeah. But I was like, well, (laughs) you know. So, yeah, the other times I was just like, bro, you really risk coming out for this. <laughs> like, what have you? <laughs> so outside, I will be glad to know when the air is free um, of a life altering virus. I really appreciated this discussion. You know, I, I really hope for both of us that um, we are able to go outside and experience it in its most fullness um, but real quickly, what I like to do is uh, run through some lightning questions with you. And okay. then I'll let you get on to the rest of your day. How's that sound? That'll work. All right. Do you prefer texting, talking, or video chats? Talking, you can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> what or who inspires you and why? It depends. I think I have different inspirations every day, but I learned not to do, um, this is a story too long. Everybody has like these mantras. I had a mantra one time, I was just trying to keep my seat in school. Right. And I literally had a, I'll have to tell you, cause you know, this person, a, a, an altercation that almost cost me to lose my seat in school. But I'll tell you about that later. So I don't do mantras anymore. <laughs> All right. And on a scale from one to 10, how good are you at keeping secrets? Keeping secrets. One to 10, keeping secrets, probably an eight. Well, man, I, once again, I really appreciate you. And I, I hope you have a great rest of your day. You too. Thank you. This was fun. This has been another episode of Don't Be Coy with Uncle Lou. As always, I'd like to thank this episode's guest for a great conversation, as well as thank you, the listener, for joining in. Whether you're a first-time listener or a regular, I always appreciate your support. If you like today's episode and ever want to listen to more, subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. And to join our community and access future bonus content, be sure to visit dbkpodcast.com.